intentions for the world in which we live that we are not designed just to be individual the autonomous self we are designed to be in community in relationship with other people and really what god wants for each one of us he doesn't only save us from our sins and he does that if you put your faith and trust in jesus but then he saves us into this thing called the church and not a building but people As much as you might like being alone at times, no one is an island. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God designed you to be in relationships with other people. You could try to live on your own with no connections, but you won't flourish. As you continue studying Romans, you'll find that when Jesus saved you from your sins, he brought you into the church, into God's people. You see, God always intended for you to be in relationship with others. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 15 as he begins his message, The Work of the Ministry. So there's this joke about musicians that goes something like this. A musician is someone who takes $5,000 worth of gear, puts it into a car that's worth $500, drives 50 miles to play for five bucks. So, and what's so funny is, is that's actually kind of a true thing for most of us. I, like, I, I love this series so much, this Amplify series, because, you know, obviously as a musician, I love talking about music, and as a, a Christian, I love talking about Jesus. And so I figure any way I can get to talk about Jesus and music at the same time, it's kind of where I want to be. But I remember, you know, because musicians, we, you know, because, you know, when you're into music, I remember when I was in college, we decided that we were going to bring a drum set into our dorm room. So if you've ever been in a college dorm, it's just like these, these floors and there's all these rooms. And I remember we just decided, we had the great idea, let's just get a drum set for our dorm room. And I remember we were walking in these drums and our floor monitor, who was like the, the, the floor parent for the dorm, was like, um, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're bringing in a drum set. They're like, are you going to play that in here? We're like, yeah, we're going to play it in here. And they were like, you know, we're going to write you up for that. And we're like, no, you're not. But what he didn't realize is that even though we didn't have enough brains to realize that if you take $5,000 worth of gear and put it in a $500 car and drive 50 miles for five bucks, like even though we weren't smart enough to get the economics right, we were smart enough to realize that if you took a drum set, and you're going to like this, those of you who have uh, either are drummers or your kids want to be a drummer, you can get them a drum set. But what people don't know, unless you're a musician, is that the key to dampening the sound of a drum set is actually to go into the dumpster of a carpet store and get the carpet foam. And what we did, we took the carpet foam, I kid you not, we put it on and we cut it out with a razor blade and and you could put a full drum set, you put the carpet foam on the top of the heads and guess what it sounds like? Almost nothing. Isn't that a cool little thing? You didn't think you were going to learn about that today at Crosses, but now you know. You know what I mean? But it was so cool, and we would have it. I remember that, like, the third day, the, 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 the floor monitor was like, hey, um, have you guys been playing the drums? We're like, yeah. It's like, I don't even hear it. I'm like, I know. You want to see why? And we brought him in, and we started teaching this guy how to play the drums. It was super fun. But what's interesting is, if you think about it, if all you do is play an instrument on your own, you really don't need an amplifier. 
Because you're just playing it for you. See, the idea of an amplifier is because music is designed to be played in community. Now, I know we live in a a YouTube, Instagram day and age where people, like, they're great musicians, but it's just them playing with, like, a little track on their their YouTube channel or Instagram. But music is, is designed to be a communal activity. So, like, as a bass player, I needed an amplifier because I wanted to play with the drummer, right? And, and a guitar player, they need an amplifier because they need to feel good about themselves because they're guitar players. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kind of. You know what I mean? But the guitar players always need the biggest amplifiers. That's just how it is. But, but, the, but really, you need it so that you can hear yourself in the midst of all that's going on. Now, I bring this up because we've been talking about how for each one of us, Jesus has designed each one of us to be an amplifier of sorts, to amplify who he is, the message of who he is in every given generation, right? And so oftentimes we think about this as an, as an individual, and we need to, but you always have to realize that in God's way of looking at the world, in God's intentions for the world in which we live, that we are not designed just to be individual, the autonomous self. We are designed to be in community, in relationship with other people. And really what God wants for each one of us, he doesn't only save us from our sins, and he does that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, but then he saves us into this thing called the church, and not a building, but people. And really the amplification of who Jesus is really takes on profound volume and clarity when it happens within the people of God. Now, I'll be honest with you. I unabashedly believe what the Bible teaches that God's plan for humanity is through the local church. The local expression of the body of Christ. Now, I say that because the idea of church has fallen on hard times in our day and age. And it makes sense because we live in an individualistic world. So in an individualistic world, it's like, well, if they don't do what I want, then I'm going to go do it at home by myself. You know what I mean? And, And that's a cultural perspective. But you realize we live in the most connected and feelings of disconnected culture in history. People have more ways to be connected and people feel more disconnected. Right? Because God created us to be in community together. But really, in order to be in community with other people, there has to be a set of shared understanding and values about what life's supposed to be about. And really what I believe God wants to do for each one of us is God wants to reorient our priorities to line up with his priorities. I think that's been the hardest struggle for me, if I'm being really honest, in my journey with Jesus, is that I've had to come to terms that I have my own agendas. I have my own sets of priorities. And when God's word and the spirit of God starts to press on my agendas and my priorities, because he's got a different plan, then we get to see how bratty I can really be. Right? Isn't it true? Like when, when there's this thing that this is what I care about, this is what's important, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God, maybe through a person or through a situation, starts pressing on that thing, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, what are you going to do? Do we surrender in that moment to what God wants, or do we fight against it? Let's be honest. What do we normally do? We fight against it. Except for those few of you who are like super spiritual and we're grateful for you. But for the rest of us, we're like bobbing and weaving, ducking, like, you know, like, how do I get, how do I get out of this thing, right? And, and listen, I know there's some of you right now, that's the story of your life. God has a plan, there's something he wants to do, and you are trying to wiggle your way out of it. And I'm here to tell you, you can't outwiggle the Lord Almighty. 
Like, like you, you can't like slip away from that. And that's why until you choose to say, God, I'm going to let your priorities be my priorities. God, I'm going to choose to let the things that you care about be the things that I care about. I'm going to choose to let your focus be my focus. Until we do that, then it's just an uncomfortable life. There's nothing worse than trying to get away from a ninja. You know what I mean? And God is so much more. I mean, God is, I'm not even going to go there. You know, it's an analogy. So, so today I want to talk with you about what God's priorities are. Does that make sense? And, and it's going to be really fun for us. to So open your Bibles to Romans chapter 15, verses 14 to 21. Romans 15, verses 14 to 21. As we continue our study through Paul's letter to the Romans here in this last series, the Amplify series. So uh, I want you to open Paul's letter to the Romans. It's in the New Testament. So that last about quarter of your Bible. The book of Romans is the sixth book there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Acts of the Apostles, and then Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15. Or open up your favorite browser window on your mobile device, however you like to read along. Now, what I love so much is that actually where we're beginning here, Romans 15 verses 14, is actually the end of, it's really the beginning of the end of Paul's letter to the Romans. So we have the, you know, the second half of chapter 15 and then chapter 16. But actually now at the very end, Paul is actually starting to get into why he actually wrote the letter in the first place. So that's where us preachers learn it from. We learn it from the apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. It took him 15 and a half chapters to get to, this is really why I'm writing to you in the first place, you know? So, uh, so blame the spirit of God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but really what's going on now is that the apostle Paul is looking to partner with the church in Rome. Out of all of Paul's letters, he almost always writes to churches that he was involved in either starting or, or working with. He actually had never been to the church in Rome. He didn't plant that church or start that church. But he's looking to partner with the church to be able to bring the gospel beyond Rome. Right? And so really what I've called this message is the work of ministry. Because really what God wants for each one of us is to see our lives as the work of ministry. That word ministry literally means to serve. And if you talk about our priorities, see, one of the ways you know that God is doing a work in someone's life is if all of a sudden they don't see that everyone's in this world to serve me, but I'm here to serve everybody. That is a really challenging thing. Now, someone's like, well, I don't want to serve everyone. Exactly. But Jesus said the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when you and I follow the one who did not come to be served and to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, when you start to follow him, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, hold on. It's not about everyone existing for what I want. I actually exist for what God wants. And I want to be like Jesus, empowered by the spirit of God so that I might meet the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus and serve as well. And listen, right there. One of the greatest areas, if you haven't realized this, of issues you have with people is that you have not come to understand the fact that they don't exist to serve you. And every time you go into every relationship, whether it's with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, you know, it's like, right as you think that someone exists to please me, you're already out of bounds. And they're never going to be able to do that for you because each person exists to serve God. Right, And at best, a good relationship is people joining together with a shared set of understandings and saying, we're going to serve the Lord together. Same thing as a parent. My job is to serve my kids right, and to raise them up so that they can serve the Lord. That's my job. 
And, and for each one of us, when you realize that Jesus is a servant, and Jesus invites us to serve as well. And, and look what Paul says here. So verse 14 says it this way. Now I myself, the Apostle Paul says, am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace of God given uh, to me by God that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you see your life as a time to serve the Lord, we learn a really beautiful principle here. And the Apostle Paul, he really teaches us that his approach to the church in Rome should be our approach. Is that one, I trust you and I want to strengthen you. That's, that's his position. He's saying, look, I trust you and I want to strengthen you. I want to build you up. Now, I think there's some interesting nuances to this idea because the Apostle Paul is writing to a church he'd never been to. So even though he's been writing this great theological document that we've been studying together as a church family, he's saying, look, but I want you to realize that I'm confident concerning you. I realize already, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are full of goodness. You are filled with all knowledge. That you're also able to admonish one another. He's saying to the church in Rome, hey, you guys, you don't need me. You guys can take care of this yourself. Now, I think that's beautiful because as it relates to the people of God, he's saying, look, I trust you. I trust Jesus in you. I trust that you actually don't need me to be able to do what you're doing. Now, I think that's a beautiful position to be able to take with the people of God. Now, I say that realizing that many people have gotten hurt by the church in general for all different reasons. So I realize that if you're one of those folks who you have that history where the church has hurt you, you're like, well, yeah, that's great for Paul, but like, I'm not sure that I believe it. But there's nothing worse than reading into all future relationships the issues of something in the past that might not be the standard. We have a tendency in our pain, and I know this well, to totalize our pain to everybody. Right? So like, if you got hurt by one person who's in one particular category, we totalize it to all people in that category particular category, right? And unfortunately, that's how trauma works. But the apostle Paul is saying to this church, he's like, look, I'm confident in you that you know how to take care of yourselves. And I'll be honest with you, as it relates to the work of ministry, it's impossible to do ministry with people who don't trust each other, right? It's impossible to link up. It's like when you think about bands, right? Go back to the music analogy. Most bands don't break up because of music. They break up because of personality conflicts, Right, the, the, the peripheral things get in the way of the main thing, why they got together in the first place. And in the same way, it's like in the work of ministry, you want to be able to trust the people around you. And I think the key for each one of us is to figure out, how, can I be a trustworthy person for people? See, so often we, you know, I always say like we, we demand things of other people, things that we're not willing to do. Like if you want to have a friend, what do you need to be first? You need to be a friend. If, if you want to receive love, what do you have to do? You have to give love. You want to receive kindness, what do you have to start with? Kindness. Now, if you're not kind, do you think people are going to be kind back to you? Unless someone's really walking with Jesus, they'll return your cursing with blessing. But other than that, you're going to get back what you put into it. It's the principle of sowing and reaping, right? But the thing is, if you want to be trusted, then you need to trust people and you need to be a trustworthy person. 
right? So Paul's saying, look, first I trust you, but then he says, look, I really want to strengthen you. Look what he says, verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace which was given to me by God. He's like, look, even though I trust you, there's different points that I'm writing to you boldly about. And if you have been traveling with us through the book of Romans, we've seen the apostle Paul has been breaking open all sorts of stuff for us. Now, if you haven't been, all of this stuff is archived on our website, on our the Crossroads mobile app for free. You can access all the messages. I want you to study all of Paul's letter because this is showing us who is Jesus. What does he mean in our day and age? And how ought we to live because of who he is? He's saying, even though you can take care of this yourself, I've written more boldly. He's like, look, there's still strengthening to be done. Notice, why is he doing it? Verse 16, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. That I might be a servant of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And the Romans were, were the Gentiles. They were the non-Jewish people. And really Paul's goal, and we're going to get to that, is to, is to move past Rome into places that, you know, we don't even know if there was churches in that day and age. But he's saying, I want to be a minister and I want to fulfill the calling that God has on my life. And, and then he says, why does he want to do this? He's like, I want to minister the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this. Talk about the work of ministry. Paul's like, I want to strengthen you that you, the church in Rome, the the non-Jewish churches, that you might be an acceptable offering to God. That you might be set apart by the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the most powerful way to live your life is to say my job is to help people and their lives be acceptable offerings to the Lord and my goal in life is to help people be sanctified set apart by the spirit of God that I might be a vehicle in people's lives now here's what I want to tell you you can do that from any office and seat in life a mom, a dad, a single person. You work in a school or for the sanitation department. You become an elected official. You go on staff at a church. You are retired and you spend your time pouring into people. Whatever you find yourself in life, you can do this work. It's not specific to a vocation. It is a way of living life. And you have to ask yourself this. Are you living in such a way that you are serving Jesus and serving people that people's lives may be acceptable offerings to the Lord. That their life might be further sanctified. See, the work of ministry is trusting people to work with them and then also saying, I have something to give as well. It's like what Paul told the church in Ephesus, this idea of strengthening people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. It's about how we use our words. I mean, Paul's been writing for 15 chapters trying to build up the church in Rome. Right? Our words matter. And we want to be the kind of people who we use our words to help strengthen people. We don't, we let no corrupt words, anything that is not holy, pure, we don't let those things leave our mouths, but only what's good for necessary edification. That we might impart grace to people. 
Do you impart grace to people today? You know, it's one of the things I love so much about the Crossroads family because so many of you are just so encouraging. You know, so many of you speak life into one another. I, I get to hear some of, some of these stories about situations that go on where someone's going through something in their small group and all of a sudden someone just starts ministering God's grace into their lives. I want to keep encouraging you to do that. Build people. Say, my goal is to strengthen people. My goal is to build them up. My goal is to be a grace giver. Something goes on, we give them grace. We speak the truth in love. We encourage. Even the way we challenge people to take more bold steps or to step away from things, that is filled with grace, not judgment that drives us away from the Lord. But we use grace and we say, listen, God's got a plan. You know God's got a plan. You know that God wants you to take that step. I'm not telling you something you don't know. I love you. I'm I'm here with you. I'm going to walk with you through this. See, Paul is saying to the church in Rome, he's like, look, I trust you guys. You don't need me, but I do have something to give you. See, that's why we want all of you in a small group here at Crossroads. Because all of you have something to give. We're all teachers and we're all students. We're all, and listen, and that includes me. I know you all know this. I just want to remind everyone, Fusco hasn't been perfect not one day in my life. I've been in ministry for 20 years. I haven't been perfect one day in the ministry in 20 years. Every single day is a day to grow. I like to say we're all in process. We're all in process. Every single day is a day to learn. And the things that I learn in the midst of the Crossroads family is so beautiful. I see what, when different people function in different ways, I say, man, hey, what was that all about? All this, I'm like, ooh, I'm not doing that. I need to start doing that. Because we're all growing together. We're all in process. God's doing work. But it begins with this idea that we trust one another and then we want to strengthen one another. And then from there, look what the Apostle Paul says. In verse 17, he says, Therefore, I have a reason to glory in Christ Jesus and the things which pertain to God, for I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now you see what Paul does here. Paul says, look, I trust you and I want to strengthen you. And I, and I, and I want to be a minister of the gospel of God, of Jesus Christ. And, and I want to make sure that the Gentiles are an acceptable offering to God and sanctified. But then he says, therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. Why? Because it is Jesus's ministry, not ours. See, Paul moves from, look, I have something to give you. I want to strengthen you. He's like, but guess what? It's not mine. Jesus is Your words matter. Today, Pastor Daniel encouraged you to use what you say to strengthen others, to impact grace. Your words should bring life and encouragement to those around you. You were reminded that everyone, including you, has something to offer, something to give. Pastor Daniel wanted you to remember that we are all in process. We're all teachers and all students. He shared that you're part of Jesus' ministry, not your own. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word. And I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, 
jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that people like to take ownership of the ministries they're a part of. But the truth is that the ownership belongs to God. You'll be reminded that you are doing the Lord's work. You shouldn't boast about what you've done, but only about what Jesus has done. He's the one who does the work in and through you. You have the privilege and joy of coming alongside him. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Amplify. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.